Glad to be here and always excited to come and partake of what God is doing through Pastor Chris Williamson and Strong Tower. It's amazing when you try to put God in a box, strong tower. He won't stay in it. And as I move on up in years, by the grace of God, I look back and without patronizing or trying to suggest that anyone's perfect. We know no one is perfect, but I, I always admire and aspire that, 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 that I could have lived a life more attuned to the godliness, holiness, consistency of the Chris Williamson's, the Chauncey Davis, the Gary Bells, the Pastor Jerry's. But I'm here to tell you this morning, Strong Town, that God is in the redemption business. Though I don't condone or justify, he's in the redemption business. And so I have hope even in these winter years that, that, that like Samson, who see, a black preacher going to throw two extra sermon in, so that's what y'all getting right now. <laughs> that, that, that Samson... If you look in Judges, not only did he make mistakes, but he kept making the same mistake. You know, you ever sat on the side of the bed and, 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 and you, you just said, not only did I blow it, but I did the same thing. And, and if I wasn't in church, I believe that, that Seth said, I'll just be. But the Bible said, he asked for one more chance. And the thing that was his strength is say his hair grew back. And when it closes Strong Tower, it says, Samson did more in his failure than he ever did for God in his success. He's in the redemption business. I'm going to turn your attention. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for Pastor Chris as he preaches the word. We thank you for this uh, acceptance and love received here in Strong Tower. And we know that, that the word of God won't rest on the charisma or style of a man or a woman. But we expect the power and demonstration of you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have our text this morning, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. It say, remember the prisoners as though in prison with them and those who are ill-treated since you yourselves also are in the body. Now, some of these may be popping up, but I'm old school, so I don't, I don't know all about the technology, but, but we're going to make it anyway. But I want to read that over, and, and one thing I will be encouraging you, Strong Tower, as you are under the, the healthy and protective umbrella of the local church, you are under the elders, you are under a great pastor, we all know that, 
But I want to encourage you as you read the scriptures to, to allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to get in there with you and to teach you and to keep your guardrails of the healthy church and healthy Bible studies and healthy uh, counselors and elders and deacons and, 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 and parents. But to, to understand that, 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 that we come out of a, a time, and I've, after 67 years, have looked at this and been in this bubble for so long that, 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 that some of the, 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 the lanes of, of how we study Scripture, certain things have been emphasized as perhaps they should, but certain things in, in what we call the Bible have not been emphasized. Can I get an amen? Uh, and so we need the whole counsel of God. We need everything that Jesus and that God and that the Holy Ghost has taught us. And so I'm going to read from the AG translation. That's Anthony Gordon, if, if you can get it. <laughs> Identify with those who are in prison as though in prison with them. Remember those who are struggling with grief, great disappointment, illness, financial distress, crisis of faith, as though you were going through the same thing. Walk alongside people who have been slung into economic, social, or religious injustice as if what had happened to them has happened to you. That's the Anthony Gordon translation. And, 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 and I believe that we're living in a time where, where God will give you your, your translations. Not to be reckless or not to be uh, out there, but to in health, inside healthy God rails. I have a good friend named Ben Shocker, who, who is the director of leadership for Desire Street Ministries and and he's an author. He's authored several books, a great man of God, a great writer. And he just wrote an article. I can't remember the publication, but he talked about the three forms of knowledge. Three forms of knowledge. And I'll be tossing in uh, a fourth form. But Ben should be proud of me because I'm giving him credit. You know, sometimes a preacher, you know, we, we don't often do that now. But I, I'm, I'm going to give him a boy credit. So he talked about in this three, now he, he, he brought it home for me because he talked about a relative who was a urologist. And, and, and the urologist had, had uh, studied, practiced medicine, studied workshops, uh, uh, in services, uh, private study, formal study, on this whole uh, uh, phenomenon of kidney stones. And then he had treated hundreds, if not thousands, of patients who had kidney stones. And, and, and in the OR, in the ER. And then he said, oh, about a year ago, he had kidney stones. And I've had kidney stones. And when he said the fact that he experienced 
Kidney for himself. He said, even after all those years of study, even after treating thousands of patients, that having kidney stone took him to a whole nother dimension of knowledge. See, see, I've had kidney stone. I don't wish kidney stone on none of y'all. Uh, but, but, but the point being that, that I've had kidney stone, and when you try to explain that pain, to somebody who hadn't had it, uh, I don't think it, I've ever fully could get it across. But when you, wish, when you run up on somebody who had it, you ain't got nothing to do. You know, back in the day, we had to nod. You ain't got nothing to do but do this, and they do this, and that's it. That's all need to be said. Case closed. Because they've been experienced that pain. It's something. And so in life, Though we're going to see today that, that you don't have to experience everything to know that level. There's a, a submission to God. There's a yielding to God. There's an there, there's a allowing of God to take you into areas of people's pain. Where you read about it and you talked about it, but now you're in there. And that's, it's going to take nothing short of that strong tower. For us to be the people of God in this day and time, we got to enter into that pain. We got to identify, spend time hearing from God, spend time talking to people, spend time understanding. Because, see, I, I'm going to tell it because I get to go back to Biloxi. See, a lot of gaslighting going on. I, I just can't feel How in the world... If we in Tennessee, I don't know how many people here, but in the state, if, it's, if they say uh, 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 200,000 people struggle with gambling, and when we come to Bible study, ain't no Christian struggle with gambling. We ain't never in the count. Uh, so many people, the, the hotels get excited when we Christians come, because we bring up the, the chain for pornography more than the secular folk, but we ain't never struggle with pornography. We ain't never in the count. Drug addict, drug addiction, we ain't never in the count. We, 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 we ain't never. So how can we understand something that we in such denial about in our own lives? Never in the count. Some gaslighting going on. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 uh, if you could turn to that, if it doesn't pop up. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Jesus could sympathize, and I would dare say, those, those some, believe it or not, Christians are saying we shouldn't have empathy. I don't know how that arrived at. But anyway, I would say sympathize and empathize. Be able to enter in to other people's pain. Because I had a, a, a classmate whose brother died about a month ago. We were, our alma mater had a football game, and, and, and we were, we, I wasn't at that game, but, but he actually collapsed in the stadium. 
and, and, and died. And so I was talking to my classmate about her brother and, and trying to console her. And she said, Anthony, well, one thing stands out. She said, I kept asking the doctors, you know, uh, to, to, to describe or define the heart attack. And I don't know the medical distinctions, obviously. But, but, but she kept asking, and the doctor said, said ma'am, your brother didn't have a heart, what we would call a heart attack. She said his heart just stopped. She said his heart just stopped. And I'm afraid that was a literal expression, but I'm afraid figuratively, strong top. We got men and women and children walking around here today and their heart has stopped. They're dead men and women walking. And we'll have the opportunity and I think the command to enter in. Because every Facebook post, I don't care how good it looks. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> now, don't ask me how I know. But trust me on this. Every Facebook thing that looks all pretty and all pristy ain't what it often appears to be. Don't ask me how I know. Mark 2.17, y'all still with me? I'm I'm going to get you out on time. Mark 2.17, Jesus said, and hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And the elephant in the room, or dare I say the elephant in the sanctuary in this day and time, in this, in this millennium, in this dispensation, is addiction. Oh, it got quiet. Is addiction. And the circle, I believe Jesus intentionally compares and contrasts two different phenomena in that one verse. He talks about sin or righteousness. But he also talks about sickness. And what we need to understand, I can say because I'm not talking about in my 20s. I'm not talking about in my 30s. I'm not talking about in my 40s. I'm talking about a man who ran up on addiction myself in my 60s. In my 60s, I can tell you that it includes sinfulness and sickness. And if you don't address both, you cannot reach. See, because if I'm dealing with the addiction, I don't mind talking about the sickness. I don't want to talk about the sinfulness. And the church just wants to say it's all just a sinful issue and ignore that it's an illness too. And it's both. They feed on each other. They feed on, the, uh, on each other. But we, if we make these quick prescriptions, these quick conclusions, See, when I was in therapy, oh, that's another thing. You know, you're not supposed to say you. A uh, Christian, you go to therapy. Especially not a preacher. Come on now. But when I was in therapy, I'm in therapy. One thing my therapist said, and I don't, and, 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 and I don't even know for sure that she was saved. But one thing she said to me was, see, an addict is never content. Say, no matter what they had, and I mean, I, was, I had it going on. No matter what they have, 
It's never enough. They always think there's something, someone, or somewhere else they should be. And when she said that, Charles, I said, drop the mic. <laughs> That's me. That was me. Yeah, there was some immoral issues. Yeah, there was some sinful issues. But at the core of it, it was a lack of contentment in God. And it goes back, I believe, to Adam and Eve. Yeah, it was a sin. Yeah, they sinned clearly. Yeah, they wanted to be God. Yeah, they thought they knew better. But come on now, there's a stretch of functional insanity in there too. Because how can you have 99 trees to eat from and you can have all 99 and you say, I must risk all 99 of them to eat that one. That's what an addict does. And that's functional, not, I'm not calling them crazy, but that's functional insanity. And if you don't understand that, believers, if you stay on your holy high horse, you'll never reach people out there hurting. With a lot of, and I know y'all got the A-list, but trust me, there's another list of addictions out there. The addictions of video games where young people play all night and can't go to work in the morning or won't go. That's insanity. Theological cliff notes won't cut it. Oh, they just said moral. Yeah, that's part of it. But sooner or later, as Malcolm X said, and I don't email Pastor because I reference Malcolm X, please. Let, let, that, let him rest. I'm not, I'm going home. So let him rest. But the chicks are going to come home to roost. Because all these nice, neat conclusions you're making about everybody else that's struggling, it won't be that way when your personal interest is on drugs. It won't be that way when your personal interest, the one you love, is going through suicide ideation, that's gambling about to lose their home, that's dealing with severe depression, that's living out sexual recklessness. The kidney stone will no longer be theory. It'll be inside. See, Peter got to face that because what I love about Peter, we get to see second Peter. We get to see Peter after his denial and how he went on to be a valiant man of God, how he went on to be a shepherd and an apostle and willing to eventually give his life for Jesus. But we also are developing some Peter Juniors around here in the first Peter. See, y'all know the story. Come on now, y'all know the story. Peter, uh-uh, Lord, not me. I never deny you. Mm-mm, no, uh-uh, no. Let, matter of fact, let me explain to you. Yeah, I'm from the hood. I cut a joke in a minute. Oh, oh yeah, don't. Oh, yeah. I take them out. Oh, hey, when them boys come, I got something for them. You can believe that. And when the boys came, Peter like, I don't know him. <laughs> and then after they take Jesus, they, they spot Peter. He said, oh, I told y'all, I ain't know that dude. 
Then the next time, yeah, but we saw you, where did we saw you times, you know, when you feeding the loaves and healing the blind? No, that wasn't me. I told you now. <laughs> but they did well, wait, wait, that we I know that was him. I know that was you, dude. Look now, I told you I don't know that. <laughs> I can't say it in church, but y'all don't know. Come on, some of y'all. Come all right then. But instead of being Peter Jr., see, Peter thought he knew what he would do to the moment of truth. And a lot of us think we know what we'll do to the moment of truth. And the moment of, the reality is we really don't. So we ought to deal with each other with a little more grace because we really, really don't. We see this five way, four ways of knowledge. And, and, and Paul talked about it in Philippians 3. He, he was talking in the vertical, but I believe it go, goes to the horizontal. He said, I want to know Christ. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. And I believe from that comes an ability in the mystery of his grace to know others. Without having necessarily spent ourselves to know others in the fellowship of their suffering. That's what I love about Pastor Chris, that Pastor Chris is that after I fallen, not once but several times, when most walked away, he still ran to me. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus looks like. When everybody else walks away, Jesus runs to you every morning. That's the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. And so that 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 fellowship, the mystery of grace that, that leads you there. Because we don't need no more Peter Juniors. Talking about oh, Adrian. I, there's no reason whatsoever that 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 whatever they understand abortion. So your daughter about to have one. I wouldn't take a job like that. I, I know it's too much going on, too many other things going on. To your family can't eat. No, I'm not LGBTQ. No, 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 no. To your grandson come home. Drug addicts put, uh-uh, no, 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 no. no. Tell us your spouse. Prisoners, they get what they deserve. If they eat, they eat. If they don't, they, they, they made bad choices. Tell us your niece. Galatians 6 1. I'm going to read. Galatians 6 1. Sorry. Galatians 6 1. I'm going to read this from the message translation. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, 
saving your critical comments for yourself. Because you might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. No Peter Juniors got enough. Do, now in conclusion, now y'all do know Pastor Chris getting on up there a little bit in age. He's not an old man. We're getting on up there. So y'all ought to know what, when a black preacher say in conclusion, what that means, right? <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> but anyway, in conclusion, <laughs> we... We want to do the, the revelational uh, because it's important that we not just buy in the original, holy inspired, yeah, absolutely inerrant, infallible. But some of these interpretations, we got to ask the Holy Ghost to guide us because things are being emphasized and some things are being not emphasized in how we're going to live out our faith. And we need to understand that this is a, a cautious word. It's, it's, it's one that tread upon, and, and, and I come out of a generation of moving forward, spent a lot of time in what we call the broader evangelical church, spent a lot of time pursuing assimilation. So I looked at the interpreter, standard conventional interpretations, and the closer that I got to those, the more I was accepted by the people I was wanting to be accepted by. But at some point, I had to take a turn. I had to take a turn and look deeper and say, no, it shouldn't be a simulation. It should be a celebration of different voices coming together. No individual or group having any major point that's superior to any other, but finding the completeness and wholeness in it all. So in, my, in my, many of my contemporaries' efforts to assimilate, we left stuff that should have got to the table that didn't. And so it's important that we rethink that, redo that, um, Talk to people before you come to brush the judgment. Talk to someone who's struggling because people are struggling. Trust me. Look beyond the smile. Look beyond the bank account. People are struggling. And like I say, everybody doesn't have to have a kidney stone. I hope none of you ever have one. But we can trust God to enter into an empathy of people's pain. When I was coming up in the 60s and 70s, the word soul, it, it connoted so much for African-American people. Soul brother, soul food, soul music. And it wasn't anything you could quite put your hand on, but it was real. And I encourage you, it, it won't be as relevant to you in Tennessee, but I grew up in a town called Africatown in Alabama, in Mobile, and the last illegal documented slave ship landed in Mobile Bay in Africatown. And they finally found some of the remnants of the ship out in the Mobile Bay. 
and there's been a resurgency, and there's been a sense of uh, a renewed uh, respect. And so in the documentary, you're looking at the, uh, the, 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 the enslaved people down, in the, down under the bow of the ship. And so some of my classmates actually can trace their descendants back to the ship because it wasn't really that long ago, 1860. And they can trace it back to the ship. And so a lot of the question goes, Anthony, you lived there, and, 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 and was, your, was your family on the ship? I said, I don't know. I said, but I do know this. I said, I remember growing up in a neighborhood where my great-grandmama was a sharecropper. And when she died and when my grandmother died, they turned over several pieces of property and land that they owned and that my first cousin still live in today. We had black doctors, black dentists, black groceries right there, people who came from nothing. So I don't know if literally there, but my soul, my soul was on that ship. So if God could do that in a cultural sense, Certainly, he's going to do it in a spiritual sense where our souls can register with those in pain. Take your soul to the prison. Take your soul to the rehab center. Take your soul with you to the bankruptcy court. Somebody's waiting on you. Take your soul to the ICU. Take your soul to the homeless shelter and identify. Come inside. One thing that's not emphasized, as a matter of fact, you wouldn't even know it's there a lot in today's contemporary Christianity. They got a lot to tell you about certain things of what are going to be your outcome if you live this lifestyle or live that life. But nobody talking about Matthew 25. But last time I saw Jesus, he said, you need to identify with me because if you don't know me, you won't know the prisoner. You won't know the hungry. You won't know the homeless. You won't know. And I'm telling you, in order to know me, you got to know them because when they were naked, when they were in prison, when they were homeless, you came to them and I know you because you know them. But it's a, as a much a sterner warning to enter into that pain as anything else that we're walking and doing in our Christian walk, Strong Tower. God bless you.